This is the word of God. I love the word of God. The word of God will work in my life. But I must study and work the word. I ask you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Romans. We're going to read the eighth chapter. Adam Bucci did know when he prayed that he quoted part of this scripture. It made me laugh. I said, okay, Lord, you're confirming what you want to be talked about this morning. Romans 8, we're going to look at verses 35 to 39. Okay, and it is on page 917. 917, when you have it, speak to me, Lord. Okay, we don't, everybody doesn't have it yet, so we'll go on. Speak to me, Lord, it's on page 917. You ready? All righty. Who or what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am convinced, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. As we continue in our series on strengthening our faith, God has brought us to a very important place that we need to examine As we continue in our series on strengthening our faith, God has brought us to a place that is difficult for us to understand and often difficult for us to process. And that place is the relationship between faith and suffering. Because if you notice in your bulletin, that's the title of the sermon this morning, Faith and Suffering. Now this is often a hard place for us to be because many people have taught us that if your faith is strong enough that you shouldn't have to suffer and you shouldn't have to go through any difficulties. But I have to let you know this morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, That no matter how strong your faith is, 
that you are going to experience suffering in your life. Amen. This is a truth that you need to get from your head to your heart. And one of the reasons is because in this past month, we as a people, we as a church family, we as a country have experienced suffering. And some of the suffering has been so tragic that it has our mind whirling and it has our, not our, our heart numb. And we cry out to God for answers, trying to get an explanation of why he, why he allowed some of the things that have happened while he's allowed them to happen. Well, like I, I posted on Facebook this week, if you read on, on my page, that I don't have a, a de definitive answer for why God allowed the things to happen that he did. I don't have a, a, a definitive remedy on how to deal with the things that we've had to deal with in the past month. But I do believe that I can give you a word from the Lord this morning that's going to give you additional insight between walking a walk of faith, between standing on the promises, because you know that I tell you all the time, go in the Bible, find a, a promise that relates to your problem and, and pray that promise back to God and, and so on and so forth, and God will answer that. And I believe that, and God does it, but there still comes a time in our life that we will, we will enter into tribulation, that we will enter into suffering. Amen. And the first thing that God told me that we had to do today, that in order for us to be able to process what is going on in this world, to be able to process what's going on in our life, then we need to be grounded on a firm foundation. And that firm foundation is, no matter what it is that you're going through in life, no matter how hard, no matter how horrific, no matter how terrible, I want you to understand that God loves you and he is right there with you in the midst of your suffering. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you need to get that from your head to your heart, that no matter how terrible the things are that are going on in this world, no matter how terrible the things are that may be going on in your life, that does not negate the fact that God still loves you. That's why God had me to have you look at the scripture that we looked at this morning. It said, what can separate us? Amen. What can cause God to love us, to not love us anymore? It said, can distress, can life, can death, can things present, can things to come, can any of these things, he said, none of these things can separate us or none of these things can cancel out the love that God has for you. Amen. So the first thing in your notes for today should be no matter what it is that you're going through, know that God still loves you. Amen. I can't explain to you. I can't tell you. I can't tell you what that has meant for me in my life when I've gone through pain and suffering. But I want you to know that if you don't stand on that foundation, 
then Satan is going to be able to come in and he's going to be, uh, be able to cast doubt and fear and all of this other kind of stuff and he's going to knock you for a loop. But as long as you know that no matter what it is you go through, that it will not change the fact that God loves you. I want you to notice something in verse 37 that we just read. It says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. So what is that telling us right here? And remember, I'm asking you all a question, and this is your first question. What is God telling us right here when he says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loves us? What is that telling us? I'm going to overcome true. And, and that's what it says. I'm more than a conqueror. What else is it telling us? What else is it telling us? Not just the fact that we're, we're going to overcome. Not only the fact that we're conquerors. What else does it tell us? And it should jump off and smack you in the face. God loves us. Yes. That in all these things, we're more than conquerors and God loves us. For the sake of time, I'm going to give you the answer that I'm it's looking for. Him. And the answer through him. Through Come on. Through Christ loving us, what? Through Christ loving us, we don't have, what we're going through is temporary. Through Christ loving us, what we're going through is temporary. Very good. What it wants God wants you to see is there's going to be a battle. You cannot be a conqueror if you don't have a battle. Amen. You cannot be a conqueror if you're not going through a fight. Amen. You cannot be a conqueror unless you are going through some hard times. So God is trying to show you that in this faith walk that you are going through, you are going to go through some hard times. You're going to go through a battle, but God wants you to know, as one of you all already said, that you're going to be a conqueror through these hard times. Why or how? Because you stand on the fact that God loves you through Christ Jesus. Mm. Do you see that? He'll see you through. Okay. Also look at verse 31 and 32. Same chapter. 31 and 32. What then? What shall we say in response to this? Question. Second question. What shall we say in response to this? In response to what? What shall we say in response to this? What is the this? The battle. The suffering. What shall we say in response to the suffering that we're going how many times have you said, why God? Why did you allow this to happen? Why did you allow this to happen to my child or my home? Or why God? What does God say here? He said, your response in the midst of your suffering should be what? what? No. We're looking at the scripture, 31 and 32. What should your response be in response to the suffering that you're going through? Michael. Well, according to the Bible, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? We're talking about a faith walk. 
We're talking about walking with God in faith when you're going through the hard times, when you're going through the difficult times, when you're going through times, Gail, that you just don't understand. You say in your mind, you grab this scripture and you say, yes, I might be going through hell and high water. Yes, I might be going through a difficult time, but you know what my response is going to be? My response to this test or this trial or this attack by the enemy is going to be, if God is for me. Who can be against me? Amen. And the, the rest of it, if God did not spare his only son and gave him for me, how, how can I doubt yes. that he'll give me anything else that I stand in need of? Amen. We're talking about faith Amen. and suffering. Mm-hmm. How do you handle the suffering, Abuchi, when you're walking a walk of faith? How do you deal with the when Satan comes and uh, somebody was talking about their their mind? I think it was uh, Brennan. How his mind? He was going through all these different things in their your mind, and how your mind will start telling you this, that, and the other, and try to make you doubt the word. This is what you stand on. Yeah. If God is for me, it doesn't matter who's against me. Amen. 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 Because if He did not hold back His Son from me. He's not going to hold back from me anything that I stand in need of. In our Bible studies on Saturday, and I'm not going to get into whatever, whatever, but God taught us three things in our Bible study concerning suffering and faith. He's taught us three arenas that we will know that suffering is going to come. You may be walking a walk of faith, but there's three arenas in your life that suffering is going to come. The first arena, don't worry about that, is in 2 Timothy 2, chapter 3, verse 10 and 12. Turn to it, please. There are three arenas. The first arena that you're going to suffer in is the arena of persecution, The first arena, know that suffering is going to come. Mm -hmm. Know that suffering is going to come. Just because something bad happens to you, don't let it knock you for a loop and take take you by surprise. Because God said you're going to be persecuted. You ready? 2 Timothy 3, 10 to 12. Y'all got it? Somebody give me page number. What is it? 964. 964. Y'all talk to me. Come on. Y'all talk to me. You got to speak. Speak to me, Lord. You got it? You, however, now Paul is writing to Timothy. Timothy is his protege in the faith. Okay. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, Patience, love, and endurance, persecution, sufferings, what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecution I endured, yet the Lord did what? Rescued me from out of all of them. Notice verse 12. In fact, anyone, anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be what? Anyone 
who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. I want you to notice what Paul says about his life. Paul says, Timothy, you know I lived a life of purpose. That's what he said here, right? Isn't that what he said? I lived a life of purpose. Are you living a life of purpose? Are you living a life of purpose? A life of purpose is knowing your purpose. And you all know that your purpose is for your life to give glory to God. So Paul says, I knew what my purpose was. And I lived a life of purpose. He said, I lived a life of faith. I lived a life of patience. I lived a life of love. I lived a life of endurance. Now, if I could list all of these things, I would think that I would live a life of God's favor. If I could list all of these things, I would think that I was deserving of living a life of favor. A life of favor uh, as far as how the world describes God's favor. Because the way that God describes his favor is not always the same way that the world describes God's favor. So Paul says, I'm living the, the Christian life. I'm loving the Lord. I'm doing what I'm supposed to. But look what, look what he says happens to him. He said, I'm living a life of favor, but look what comes in my life. Nothing but persecution and suffering. You say, Pastor, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing, and all these bad things keep happening to me. God says, Paul, I can't list all of these things. I, I try. I, I, the one that I struggle with most is patience. Okay, because I could probably say the five, you know, the four of those out of the five. But the one I struggle with most is patience. Okay. But the thing is, you would think that you would receive nothing but good from the hand of God. God said that, yes, you're receiving good from the hand of God. But when you decide to live a life that is pleasing to God, do not think that Satan is going to leave you alone. Do not think that Satan is not going to attack you. I don't know why we act like, oh, I don't know why this happened and this is so terrible and that's so terrible. All this. And why are we surprised when the enemy comes in and attacks our home, attacks our marriage, attacks our finances, attacks our wealth? Why are we surprised? Why do you think? Because he doesn't want you Felice, and he doesn't want you Gregory, and he doesn't want you Abushi to be able to be walking around showing the goodness of God and walking around and say, look at what God has done for me. So, so he's trying to stop your witness. He's trying to stop your, he, he's trying to shut your mouth. Yes. He's trying to shut, you're not, we sing, uh, I'll praise him forever. Yes. Why? Because great uh, praise is what I do. When praise is who you are and what you do, then God says that you are going to be a target for the enemy because people will look at you and they'll say, uh, Philippians 4.13, I see all the things that you're going through. How in the Samuel can you walk around praising and having joy and all this other kind of stuff? And I know how you've been attacked. That's why Satan. So the first arena 
that suffering is going to come in. Because God plainly, he didn't beat around the bush. But notice what Paul says. I, I, I like this. Paul says he endured. He endured the persecution. He, now, now, when you think of the word endured, what do you think about? Pardon me? It lasts a long time. Yeah, well, it can, but we're looking at this text. Okay, we're looking at this text, Tom, where he says um, he lived a life of endurance, and then he says all the things I suffered in Anticoc, the persecution I endured. So in that context, what would you think that endured mean? You say long-lasting. Welcomed it, okay, okay. You're on track. Yeah, because some, I mean, it, you can you can endure me like you dealt with it, or you can welcome it. You can, you can something can be enduring as well. So I think you you know welcome like I'm not phased. I mean, yeah, something's happening to me, but like you said, uh, praise is what I do. I'm that's who I am. Amen, amen, Brennan. Tolerance for it, like, 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 like through his, um, through Jesus and the love he had for Christ, the love of Christ. Oh, I love that. You know, like he built a tolerance. Good, to, you know. I love that. That that's good. He built a, a tolerance for you know how when people are are are, are training and so on and so forth, y'all do this stuff. He, on, expect, he, well, he expected it. He ex expectation, like what Brennan said. Amen. He, he knew it was going to come. So amen. The fact that he knew that was going to come. That, you know, he was able to endure it. Like, Amen. Some people, when they think of endurance, were you raising your hand? No. Okay. They think about, oh, I, I, I'm just holding on. I, I'm, oh, I, I'm whole. How you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm just holding on. I'm just holding on. God said, that is not what Paul is talking about here. He is saying that he is not going to be suffering. I mean, he's not going to be whining and complaining. He's not going to get angry with God. What he is saying is that he went to God and he drew from God's grace and mercy. And that's how he was able to endure. Amen. He went in the, he drew from God. He, 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 he drew from God, God's grace and mercy. So he was able to enjoy, endure with a certain amount of joy. He was able to endure with a certain amount of peace. He did not throw up his hands and call it quits. Why? Because he said in the midst of everything he went through, what did God do for him? Abuchi. No, we're in the scripture. You got to stay in the scripture. Pardon me? He re the Lord rescued him. The Lord delivered him out of them. Notice the word all, y'all. I'm gone down south. Notice the word all, y'all. It says that the Lord delivered them from them all. Amen? Yeah. That's how he endured. Because he went to God and drew from God his strength. And enduring or being delivered from them all does not mean that you're always taken out of the situation, yeah. but it means you're given peace and joy and all this other kind of stuff in the midst of the situation. Yeah. So the situation does not affect you the way that Satan wants it to affect yeah. you. Okay? Remember what Jesus said when he taught it, the Sermon of the Mount. He said, blessed are those who are persecuted, for they shall receive what? Who knows in here? Say it again. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted, for they shall receive what? What? Thank you. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. God said you're blessed. So when you're persecuted because of your faith, count it all joy. That's what James told us in James, the first chapter. Count it all joy when you fall into tribulations. Why? Because you're being counted worthy of suffering for the name of Jesus. Amen. You are counted worthy of suffering for the next. Okay, I don't want to keep y'all all day, and I know I'm doing it, but I don't care. Okay, what's the second arena? What is the second arena? There are three arenas that we will face suffering in. Okay, the second arena is 2 Peter 2, 11 and 12. Somebody turn to it. Everybody turn to it. Somebody give me the page number when you find it. Okay. What is the second arena that you're going to suffer in? Now, and this one I need y'all to, I know you understood the first one, being persecuted for your faith, but I really need you to understand this second one. Okay. I need you to understand all of them. God is so good. 2 Peter 2, 11 and 12. 980 what? 984. 984. Page 984. Page 984. 2 Peter 2, 11 to 12. Everybody got it? Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles. Yeah, 2 Peter 2, 11. Is not, that's not right? Is it 1 Peter? It's Peter. 1 Peter 11? No, it's not. Huh? Dear friends. Okay, 1 Peter 2. All right, 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. 1 Peter 2, yes, that's it. 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. You got it? Thank you so much. Dear friends, now watch this. I urge you as foreigners and exiles, you know you're a foreigner in this land because our citizenship is in heaven, right? As foreigners and exiles, to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans or unbelievers that though they accuse you of doing wrong, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. What is the second arena? What is the second arena that we will have suffering in? What is the second arena that we will uh, uh, be, uh, thank you, Jesus, second arena that we will suffer in. The second arena is your flesh. The second arena is your flesh, okay? God says, abstain or stay away from sinful desires. Now watch this. I'm getting ready to teach you something, which wage war against your soul. The word soul here, if you look it up in strong concordance, it is referring to your mind. It is referring to 
your mind, okay? Now, I need y'all to understand this so you're going to answer this. It says, to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your mind. What does that mean? Which wage war against your mind. Stay away from sinful, lustful desires which wage which wage war against your mind. What is that saying? Pardon me? That leads you to sin. That's true. But I want to. I want the wage war part. I want the wage war part. It's not kind of like the old saying that your mind is the devil's playground. Definitely. Definitely. I need more. To keep you playing between whether you want to serve the Lord or you want to serve the world. Amen. Whether you want to serve the Lord or serve the world. Okay, that's good. What about my young people in the back? Sheree, Sheree, what do you think it means when it says wage war against your mind? Battle what you've been taught. What goes against what you've been taught in your the word? Oh, your sinful desire. Okay, very good. Your sinful desire. What happens after you're saved? You don't have two natures. I don't care what nobody tells you. You don't have your old sinful nature and a new nature. Okay, that's a lie of the devil. That's just an excuse for people to go around and continue living in sin. Once you have been saved, God says you are a new creature. You are a new creation. Old things, that old nature has passed away. But so what happens that you still have some of the same desires of the flesh that you had before? Your flesh remembers how certain things felt. Okay, how certain things tasted, how certain things helped you acquire uh, uh, this and that and the Your flesh remembers. <laughs> Brennan has this thing. And it, I'm sorry. Your flesh remembers your old way of life. And your mind, your mind is the deciding factor on whether you will give in to your flesh or whether you will follow what your born again spirit tells you to do. Do y'all get that? And oh, you know, I, I, people, y'all might think I'm doing a long time, but this, no, no. I want you to understand that. Your flesh, your body remembers how it felt to have sex outside of marriage. Your body remembers how it felt to shoot up a drug. Mm -hmm. Your body remembers how it felt when you were able to cheat on your income tax and get a certain amount of money. Your body remembers the satisfaction you got from these things. Okay. But God says your body wants to do these things and there's a war that is going to go on in your mind. Remember that book we did, Bible study, uh, Battlefield of the Mind? Because your born again spirit wants to do what God uh, uh, created you to do. So there's a battle going on. And the deciding factor is what you do with your mind. The that's why when people stop coming to Bible study and don't think I, but it's, it's the case. 
If you look back over the year and see what you accomplished over the year of not being there, did it benefit you? Did it make your family stronger? Did it make you stronger in the Lord not being in in a constructive Bible study and all this other kind of stuff? What did it do? Okay, because Satan wants to keep your mind with that same old mindset that you had. And the only thing that is going to change that mindset is the word of God. So Paul, God says here, abstain from sexual desires which wage war against your mind. It said you should live such a life in front of unbelievers that even though they want to point their finger at you and say, I see what Katrina doing, she pretending to be a Christian, that they won't be able to do what they can do is glorify God and say, I see the change that's been made in her life. Do you understand that? Okay. Question, when God says abstain from sexual desires, is that the reason that he says, wait a minute, Daddy, how did you put that? Okay, Uh, how did he, I want to see exactly how he told me to do that. Okay, the struggle with your flesh is not the suffering that God is talking about you going through. The struggle with your flesh, the struggle with giving up what you know you're not supposed to be doing, that's not the suffering that God is talking about. You think, oh, I'm suffering because I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, uh, fight this battle and stop. That's not the suffering. I told you there's two arenas. The one first one was persecution. The second one is your flesh. The suffering comes in when you give in to your flesh. When you get, that's the second arena. When you give it, that's where the suffering comes. If all of you examined your life and you see that some of the things that you're going through now, you know that it is because you gave into this rather than getting the victory over this in Christ Jesus. So the suffering comes as a result of your action. The, and if, it's like God wrote, told me to write in here, take a look at yourself. Mm. Take a look at yourself. When you're complaining about this and you're complaining about that, complaining about the other, is it a result of what you did? Is it a result of the choices that you made? That's where the suffering comes in, mm-hmm. from the choice. So God says when you're doing your faith walk, Understand that suffering is going to come because of some of the choices that you made before. And the only thing you can do is go to God and ask God to forgive you and to repent of them. Amen? Amen. Y'all getting this? Have I lost you? No. I hope we haven't lost you. God tells us in Gregory's uh, favorite scripture, one of his favorite scriptures, it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which you all know by heart. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is got, uh, common to man. But God is faithful, and he will not suffer you or allow you to be tempted or tried above that you are able, but also will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So what does God say? When you're being tempted with remembering the things, God says, don't think you're going through something that ain't nobody else ever went through. Yeah. 
You know, we always say, oh, woe is me. Woe is me. Well, God said, you're not going through nothing that somebody else hasn't gone through at some point in time. Okay, so get off of that pity pot, all right? Next thing it tells you in here is to know that God is faithful. God is faithful. When you're going through, you got to remind yourself, God is faithful. I want to be faithful in return. We heard in that soul, give God what he's due. Remember, isn't that what we say? Give God what is due, which was his praises. Well, God is faithful. What he is due is for us to be faithful in return. Amen. Amen. God says he's not going to allow you to be tested to the breaking point. He's not going to allow you to be tested to the breaking point, but he's going to give you a way out. He's going to give you a way out. You gave in, go to and repent, ask God to give you the strength, and and turn your back on it. All right? The third arena, this arena is to me the most difficult. This is the most difficult that suffering comes. We get suffering because we may be persecuted for our faith, we may suffer because of our fallen of our flesh, where we give in to our flesh, okay? But the third place is this fallen world that we live in. That you'll find suffering in this fallen world. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? In the, we live in the midst of a fallen world. We live in the midst of a sinful world, if that helps you a little bit more. Okay? It like I said, to me. This is the hardest one. I can kind of understand when I suffer. Well, I do understand if I suffer for my faith. I do understand if I suffer because of choices that I made. But it's harder for me and I think for you to understand when we suffer because of somebody else's decisions. When we suffer because of things that other people do to us or have done done to us. When we suffer because of hatred and prejudice, that's hard to digest. When we suffer because of other people's greed and self-centeredness, that's hard to accept. When we suffer because of other people's crimes and vigilante justice, this is not easy to take. But God has a word for when we suffer at the hands of other people. And that's in Jeremiah 17, verse 9. I'm almost finished. Just hang on a little bit longer. Jeremiah, God has an answer. You say, Pastor, how do I deal with it when I suffer because of other people's prejudice? How do I I deal with it when I suffer because other people's greed how do I suffer when I, I mean, deal with it, when I suffer because of other people's crimes? God said, this is your mindset. You got to understand. Jeremiah 17, 9. You have it. Speak to me, Lord. 630. 630. 630. Page 6, 630. You got to speak to me, Lord. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond, beyond cure. Who can understand it? I like the way the King James Version put it. 
The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart is deceitful above all things. And de this is the unregenerated heart of humankind. It said the heart is deceitful. It will deceive you in thinking wrong is right and right is wrong. The heart is deceitful. said who can know the heart of, of mankind? It said it is deceitful and desperately wicked. My brothers and sisters in Christ, this was the heart condition of the young person who went into that school in Texas and massacred those students and teachers. This was the heart condition of the politicians who are more concerned about being re-elected than changing the legislation as far as gun laws are concerned. This is the hard condition of the gun lobbyists who are more concerned about their pockets than about people's lives. This is the hard condition of people who have not come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. They can rationalize. The heart is deceitful. You see what God says. It's deceitful. It's deceitful. And desperately, that's why people can do the atrocities to other people that they do and call it right. Because they have an unregenerated heart. You say, Pastor, what do you mean an unregenerated heart? They have not had a heart that has been a new heart. You say, Pastor, I don't understand this. This is your last scripture. Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27. People say, how or why that young man went in that school and killed 19 students and 21 children. People say it was mental health. Maybe he did have a mental health problem. You have to have a mental health problem to do something like that. But it's also a depraved heart. You, you, you uh, uh, Google it sometime to see the scriptures where God talks about a depraved heart. God says there's heart is deceitful. Okay, Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27. I'm going to let you go home. I didn't know it was going to be this long, but God did. I will, oh, you have it? Speak to me, Lord. I, what is it? 706. I will give you a what? A what? A new heart and a what? And a new, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will remove your heart of stone. That's the depraved heart. That is the heart that's deceitful and desperate. God said, I'll take it out of you. I'll take it. I'll do heart surgery. Brendan was talking about he had a heart attack years ago. God said, I'll do heart surgery on you. Everybody in here, if you have not had heart surgery, then you are still in your lost condition. God says, I'll give you a new heart. And he says, I'll give you a new spirit. And I want you to know the spirit in verse 20 says, 27, he says, I will put my spirit. And you notice that my spirit is capitalized. Do you see that? My spirit 
God said, I'll take away that old heart of stone. I'll take away that old spirit where you were only concerned about me, my, us for and no more. I'll take it away and I'll give you a, a new heart. God tells another place in scripture. He says, I will circumcise your heart. I will circumcise your heart. I've taught you this a million times. We know that circumcision is given so that the organ will be more sensitive to the touch, right? Isn't that why a person is circumcised? Yes, so the organ to be more sensitive. Well, God said, I want, your, I want your heart to be more sensitive to my touch. And you've got your heart with that heart of stone has a foreskin over it. It has a foreskin over it so that when I try to touch your heart, you're not feeling me the way God wants you to feel. God said, I want your spirit to be renewed inside of you. I want you to have a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit in this place this morning that when you leave this place that you will not leave the place, this place with the same heart, the same mind, and the same spirit that you had when you came in. God said, faith and suffering. There will be suffering in your faith walk. You have three arenas that you can look to see it happen. In the arena of persecution, in the arena of flesh, and in the arena of living in the midst of a sinful world. There's going to be suffering in the midst of a sinful world. God said, don't be surprised that just because you walk by faith, that these things come into your heart and your mind. God says, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit, to empower you. To empower you to follow my decrees and follow my laws. Use these truths that God has given you in this sermon and the truths that he's given you, these three sermons and strengthen our faith to help you to understand when suffering comes in the middle of your faith walk, don't be, don't be, blown out of the way. Know that it'll come. But remember what God said. He would deliver us from them all. Amen. 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 Any questions or comments or thoughts? Thank you. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for having a patient. <laughs> no, not a patient. I thank you for having a church that loves the word and that they're willing to sit down and listen and receive what you have to say. Please, Lord, let them take their notes. Let them listen to the sermon over and over again, whatever, to be able to get it from their head to their hearts. We love you, Lord. In the wonderful name of Jesus, my soul says amen. amen. Return on my song that I've been playing for this whole series. And this, this song is Holy Water. And you listen to these words. I love, I love, I love, I love, I love this song. And we'll probably listen to it the rest of Listen to the words. Just a little bit, yeah. Listen to the words. Just listen to the words. 